All right, so let's jump into our lesson. I am, uh, I am going to uh, uh, share our, our next lesson in the series from uh, Matthew chapter 5, and then we'll close out with a song, and that will be our whole worship service together. So um, this is being recorded. I'm going to hit you with a lot of scriptures. If you miss any of them, um, you, uh, you can go back and listen to the recording, or I can send them to you. I can send you my notes, whatever you like. But Let's go back and look at our text. This is Matthew chapter five, the beginning of the greatest sermon ever preached. And beginning in verse three, after Jesus sat down with everybody, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus from here goes on to preach the greatest sermon ever preached. But what we're doing is we're just dissecting what, we, what is called now the Beatitudes. Each of these blessed statements are blessed statements. And so if you've missed any of the lessons, they've all been recorded. They're all at GardenStateChurch.com. You can go back and listen to them. Today, we are going to focus on the next one on the list here, which is verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh, mercy, in short, is showing kindness. It's showing generosity. It's showing love when you don't have to. That's what mercy is. In fact, we all need mercy, don't we? Uh, I appreciate uh, the Fred's vulnerability sharing about his past and his life. I appreciate the song that's um, that, that, that we sang this line from Amazing Grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. I mean, we talk about it, we share it, we sing about it, because we need it, we need mercy, and Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, in the New Testament, people often begged for this, begged for mercy. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, two blind men came to Jesus begging for mercy, the Bible says. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 22, a woman came begging for mercy for her daughter. It's Matthew 15, 22. Matthew 17, verse 15, a man came begging for mercy <clears throat> for his son. So people often came to Jesus begging for mercy. And the truth is, the truth is we should beg for it. You know why? Because God is supreme and we need it. We should beg for it. Listen to um, Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. It says, what then shall we say? 
is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. So truth is, we should, we should beg for God's mercy because God is supreme and we need his mercy. We need it. But lucky for us, God is generous with his mercy. Listen to this passage, Ephesians chapter two. This is verses three through six. It says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. He's talking about us before we knew Christ. And he says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. All right, this is what we deserve without Christ. But it says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich, in mercy, rich in mercy. Now, he didn't just have like, you know, a little bit of mercy. He didn't just have like a, you know, a few coins of mercy in his pocket that he throws. No, God has plenty of mercy. He's got an overwhelming amount of mercy. He is rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. So yes, we should be begging for mercy because God is supreme and we need it, but we can also be grateful because God is generous with his mercy. He gives us his mercy. And then God even takes it a step further in the Bible. God then expects us to be people of mercy. That's what the Bible teaches. So God, we need mercy. God gives us mercy. But then God expects us to be people of mercy. Uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 36 and 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? The guy that was robbed and beaten and left. And, and two people, two religious people, in fact, walked around the guy and did not meet this person's need. But the one person, the Good Samaritan, stops and helps this man. And there in Luke 10, uh, beginning verse 36, it says, which of these three, Jesus says, after he tells the story, he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the experts in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told them, go and do likewise. So Jesus tells this story to teach mercy, but not just sort of in the theory, like, hey, we should you know, pray about being mercy people, people with mercy, but he actually says, now go and do it. So God expects us to also be uh, people of mercy. In fact, Jude 1, 22 says, just quite frankly, be merciful to those who doubt. That's uh, Jude chapter one, verse 22. So God is supreme. We need his mercy. He is generous and gives his mercy, but he also expects us to be people of mercy. So when you look into the Bible and you talk about mercy or being full of mercy or merciful, as we say, uh, you see mercy is demonstrated in multiple ways throughout the scriptures. All right, I'm going to give you some examples. 
maybe you can find some examples, but here's a couple that I think are worth looking at where you see mercy uh, demonstrated, like an actual act of mercy, what it looks like. So mercy in the Bible is demonstrated in the form of gifts, giving to somebody something that is unexpected. Uh, One great example of this is in Luke chapter 1, verses 57 and 58. Luke chapter 1, 57, 58. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was barren, had no children, but then God eventually comes to her and gives her a child who becomes, of course, John the Baptist. And Elizabeth, in in Luke 1, verse 57 and 58, when, when talking about this gift from God, says the Lord is showing what? Great mercy on her. So one way that mercy can be shown or can be demonstrated is by the giving of gifts, giving to people things that they may or may not be expecting. Another way the Bible teaches how we can give mercy or how mercy is demonstrated is not just through gifts, but through acceptance, right? There's a great example of this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. Uh, Jesus, you know, was hanging out in this story with sinners, you know, quote, and actually I think the NIV has quotes around the word sinner, like sinners, you know, like Jesus was hanging out with sinners and he was being questioned. How can you claim to be the son of God and hang out with sinners? And there in Matthew 9, verse 13, Jesus says to them, he says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That's Jesus's response to people. And so you see this, that mercy is this acceptance of people, right? This loving of people. He says, go and learn what this means. Well, what does that mean, Phil? I don't know. Go learn what, go figure it out. That's what he, go do it. Go learn, figure out what does he mean when he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. But this is just another way that mercy is demonstrated, sort of an acceptance, a love of people. Kindness, another way that, uh, that mercy is demonstrated. You know, kindness in service to other people. Uh, here are some examples of mercy. Uh, in Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus, a, a blind man named Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, and this man uh, you know, he, he comes to Jesus and he's, he's crying out. First, the people tell him to, to be quiet, but he cries out all the louder. And Jesus says, uh, you know, he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, what do you want? What is it you want from me? And, uh, and he says, I want to see. And so here you see mercy being d- demonstrated in Jesus's kindness towards this man. Uh, in Acts chapter nine, it talks about Tabitha. Tabitha was a woman who was always, it says, always doing good and helping the poor. The Greek word in there can also be translated having compassion or pity or mercy. So again, this is another way. This is how we show our mercy, or this is how mercy is demonstrated in the scriptures, is through kindness towards other people. Acts chapter 10, when the Bible is talking about Cornelius, it says he gave generously to those in need. Well, again, the Greek word here can be translated mercy. That it can be, he showed mercy to those who were in need. And again, this is a way that we show mercy is through our kindness. 
I was really convicted about this. Uh, one time I got a call from a sister in the church and she asked me if I would be willing to go visit her son, her adult son who was in prison. And um, at the time, the prison wasn't far from where I lived. And that's why she called me to, she was hoping since I lived nearby that I didn't, I didn't know her. I didn't know her son. Um, I didn't know the situation. And, and she, but she asked me, she said, would you be willing to just go and visit my son who's in prison? And my first thought, and just be honest, my first thought was, no, I don't have time for this. I'm a busy minister, right? I got stuff going on. I don't have time to go to a prison, right? That was my first thought. And I was convicted. And this is as I'm talking to him, I'm convicted because then I think probably my second thought was Matthew chapter 25. You know what Matthew 25 talks about? Matthew 25 is where Jesus talks about people going to heaven or people not, the sheeps and the goats, right? You know that whole parable? And when he, and, and when he breaks down what makes a person a sheep or a goat, one of the things, one of the specific things he talks about is visiting people in prison. And I was so convicted. I mean, I just never had anybody actually ask. I always thought of that sort of, I guess, metaphorically, but I was convicted at my heart. And, 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 and so and co- this is all going on in my head while I'm on the phone talking to her. You know, I'm like, my heart, I can feel, you know, Satan and then I feel the scriptures. And um, so I said, of course, yes, I will. And I did. I went and took another brother with me. And it was amazing to be able to sit with this young man and to, 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 I mean, to show mercy, to show kindness and to show love and just to be present. There was not much more I could do for him other than pray for him and pray with him. But, you know, it was, it was great to be able to, it was, it was great to be able to sit and show mercy and kindness to somebody in need. And this is, this is how mercy is shown in the Bible. It's shown through our gifts. It's shown through our acceptance. It's shown through our, our kindness. And we got to ask ourselves as we read the scriptures, am I a compassionate person? Am I a person of mercy? You know, because the Bible, Jesus teaches, blessed are the merciful, for they will uh, receive mercy. We need it. So we have to be people of mercy. Um, one other way that we see in the scriptures, and this is a big one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to camp out on this one, because if, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you've, you've probably wrestled with this one. And it's, it's forgiveness. This is another way that we can, uh, that, that, that mercy, that, that you see mercy demonstrated in the scripture. It's forgiveness. In fact, it's one of the biggest ways. In fact, it was such a big way that Jesus tells a story about it, about being merciful and through forgiving other people. Let me read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 is where this starts. This, this, this story starts, this is great how this story starts out, right? In verse 21, Matthew 18, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, Lord, I got a question for you. How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? What do you say, Lord? Up to seven times? <laughs> and I love that. I love, uh, 
you know, you can't see the expressions, you know, we're just reading the, the words here, but, you know, I just can't help but to picture in my mind how this is happening. You know, Peter is like probably thinking pretty highly of himself. I don't know what prompted this, but, you know, may, you know, he, you know, you know, maybe, I don't know, John thought, you know, you should forgive people two times. Maybe Andrew is like, nah, I would forgive people up to four times. So maybe Peter was like, you know what, Lord, I'll do it seven times. What do you think? Seven times, Lord. What do you, how many times when somebody sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? What do you think? Seven? <laughs> Jesus says, this is how Jesus responds in verse 22. He says, I tell you, not seven, but 77. <laughs> Jesus just says, oh, okay, you want, you, know, you want to put a number on it? I'll put a number on it. <laughs> the point here isn't Jesus. We'll learn here. The point isn't that we're putting a number on it. But Jesus says, I'll take your number and I'll raise it. I'll take your seven and I'll raise it 77. And so Jesus sort of, he's not putting it. The fact is, if you're having to count how many times you're forgiving somebody, you're not really forgiving them then, all right? If you're like, dude, listen, this is the seventh time I've forgiven you. You're not, you're not really forgiving. Because listen to what he's about to say. He's going to elaborate a little bit more here. So Jesus goes on, verse 23. This, this whole interaction prompts a story. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, is what the uh, new NIV says, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that they had be sold to repay the debt. Verse 26, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Wow. So here was a guy who owed an outrageous amount of money to somebody else. And he was going to lose everything. And he begged for mercy, and he got it. Verse 28. But when that servant, that guy went out, he found out his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, which is way, 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 way less than 10,000 bags of gold. All right. He owed him just a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the men thrown into prison until he could pay back all the debt, the hundred coins. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, verse 34, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. Now, listen, you get what he's saying here, right? You get it. But in case you didn't get it, he tells you what he means. Verse 35, Jesus says, This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother 
or sisters from your heart. Forgive from your heart. Listen, we can show mercy in the Bible by gifts. We show mercy by acceptance, accepting people. We show uh, mercy by being kind. But we also show mercy by forgiving our fellow servants, by forgiving our brothers and sisters when they sin against us. And Jesus, man, I got to tell you, he amps it up here, doesn't he? He doesn't just say forgive, but he says forgive from your heart. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we can sometimes be like, yeah, 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 I forgive him. Yeah, yeah, I forgive him. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I forgive him. But everything, your words say you forgive him, but your whole body language says you don't. And that's why Jesus says from your heart. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Do you have a grudge against somebody? Is there somebody right now? This is rhetorical. <laughs> you don't even have to answer a lot. Just think about it. Is there somebody that you need to forgive from your heart? Or is it possible, like this guy, are you going to need to be reminded of the great debt that you were forgiven of? Now, you may think, okay, whoa, 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 Phil, hold on. Listen. The sins I committed have, com- have nothing to do with the things that they did to me. <laughs> I know I have my sin, but that is completely unrelated to the stuff that they did to me. I know that it, you may think that, but that's the point of this. Jesus is saying they're not completely unrelated. They are completely related. And if you are not, even though they're different things, you did your sins and they did their sins. But if you and I aren't willing to extend mercy and forgiveness from our heart to that person, God will absolutely connect it to our sins by not forgiving our sins. This is, this is scary, man. This is, this is challenging stuff. This is hard stuff. If you have been wronged by somebody, you now have an incredible opportunity to extend mercy. That's the point. If you've been wronged, you now have an incredible opportunity to extend mercy to somebody. But if you let that hurt turn into a grudge or to bitterness, now you need mercy. Now you are needing someone to extend mercy to you. And I think it's important too, if, you know, you know, I've seen people and I've done this, I'm sure too, as well Is when, you know, you have somebody does something that, that, that hurts you and you finally get up, you know, the strength to go talk to them about it. The best thing to do in that situation is to start with an apology. You know, Hey, I've, I've been holding on to this, you know, Hey, if you've developed a grudge, just start with that. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I've been holding on to a grudge. I need to let something go. I mean, you may need to begin with an apology if you've been holding a grudge or you have any bitterness in your heart. You know, the truth is we all need mercy, don't we? We all need it. That's what we, we start. 
In fact, sometimes we may need mercy and we may not even realize it. I was, I was going for a jog one day and I was trying to get back in shape. I wasn't, you know, I was a little, a lot out of shape, but I was jogging down the road and, um, you know, just jogging down the road and, and all of a sudden a car stopped and a lady rolled down the window and she goes, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you, are you talking to me? She's like, yeah. Are you okay? Do you, do you need a ride? <laughs> I'm like, I'm exercising. <laughs> what do you, you know, I'm like, wait, it's not like I was, I was like an exercise. I wasn't like I was in a jacket and a tie. Like, right. It wasn't, I was in my exercise clothes jogging. And she's like, you sure? I, I can give you a ride. <laughs> and I, I think sometimes we may need more mercy than we realize. <laughs> we may need, so people may need to help us out. We may not know. But we definitely are people who need mercy. You know, the truth is, I think in this story, I think what keeps us from sometimes, this is an opinion, all right? It's, this is not in the story here, but I, I often have wondered, why would that guy do that? Why would he be forgiven of so much and then turn around and, and, and be so unforgiving? And I, the only thing I come to, the conclusion, I was talking to a brother about this one time, we think it, it, he must not really believe that he's been forgiven. Maybe that's it. Maybe he doesn't really believe that he's forgiven. Being completely forgiven, it is, it's unbelievable sometimes. I, I think I, I might have told you this story, but when my wife and I moved here from North Carolina almost, almost 10 years ago, we owned a house in North Carolina, but we were upside down in our house. We owed more than we, than we, um, than we could pay back. And we owed more than it was worth. And so we couldn't sell the house because if we sold it, then we would owe all this money. And we had three loans on it. And um, so I wrote letters to all the banks asking for forgiveness. Two of them were like, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I thought, why not? It'll give it a shot. But one of them wrote me a letter a couple of weeks later, I got a letter from one of the banks saying, you know what? We've completely forgiven your loan, completely forgiven it. And I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. I thought, yeah. In fact, I called them. I said, is this, I'm looking, I'm looking at the paper. I'm reading the fine print. I'm trying to find some sort of catch. And I called them and they said, no, we decided, we looked at your situation. We decided, forgive. It was like $60,000 gone. I was, I could not believe it. I mean, I eventually did because it was true. <laughs> eventually, let my, But my first thought was no. And I wonder if sometimes as Christians, we wrestle with the same thing. You know, our forgiveness, according to the scriptures, is so extensive. It's not a little bit of forgiveness that we get. We get utter forgiveness. It's not like mm, we're pretty clean, but we have a few rough spots. No. The Bible teaches that we are holy and blameless. Romans 8 says we are free from, we are without, there's no condemnation, it says in Romans 8. We are free from accusation, it says in the book of Colossians. I mean, the Bible is super extreme about the forgiveness we get. It's not like you're a pretty good person and you're going to eke into heaven with a few sins on you. No, you either... You either get utter, complete forgiveness or you don't go to heaven. That's it. That's, that's the truth. And that's what the Bible teaches. And so I think sometimes as Christians, it's hard for us to really 
let ourselves believe that we've been completely forgiven, that we are without sin in God's eyes. Now, I have sin and you have sin. We, I see it. We all see our sins. But in God's eyes, the Bible teaches, from his sight, we are without blemish, free from accusation. And his sight is the only one that really matters, right? I mean, I know, you know, I appreciate your thoughts, but I'm going to go with what he thinks of me. <laughs> that's, a, that's what's going to get me into heaven. And so I think that sometimes we have a really a hard time truly embracing the mercy that's been given to us because mercy is motivating. If we really, really embrace it, mercy is motivating. Mark chapter five and verse 18. I'll close out with this. You know, after Jesus had healed a man, uh, we read this on Wednesday, he healed the man who, who had been possessed by demons. And it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And that's what the guy did. <laughs> he did. He went to the Decapolis, to the 10 cities and told everybody. Because when we really embrace the mercy that's been given to us, it motivates you. It will change you. It will move you. God cleanses us. God forgives us. God shows his mercy to us. And he expects us to go and do likewise. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Thank you, guys. Love you.